This is the Chinwag Show, a debate show where we take a topic, pick top fives and debate them against each other. My two challengers today, on the one corner, I have Solo Sharif. Hello, hello. And in the other corner, I have Sam Glynsmith. Hello and welcome. Today we'll be delving into the paranormal, uh, looking at the films in which portray the paranormal the best or, or have the best ghosts or whichever way you, you you translate that in your arguments. Um so like um we are we fans of ghosts? Do we like ghost films? I mean I, I don't have a great experience in it, so I definitely have to throw it over to you guys. Yeah, yeah. Ghost films are great, uh if done correctly. Um Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, who lo- who doesn't love a good, friendly ghost, or otherwise? <laughs> I don't see uh, I don't see Casper in any of these lists, you know. <laughs> okay, so let's get to it. So, um, in number five, what is your Sam? What is your fifth ranked um, paranormal film? Well, uh, probably. I would say the most de- definitive film between 2000 and 2010 within the horror genre, purely because it spiralled numerous copycat films and likewise after uh, its paranormal activity. Um, probably spiralled so many due to just a lack of budget you really need to make one of these films. The film was made off of $15,000 and at box office mm-hmm. received $190 million. Uh, I think that mostly went alongside the fact it was, I don't know, there was a lot of rumours about it being based on true stories and whatnot, and <laughs> a lot a lot of people hyped it up to be a lot scarier than it actually was. Um, but even still, its success, the success it caused, uh, just, I don't know, within, it, I don't think there would even be such a paranormal genre of films after today if it wasn't for this film this is like the scream of slasher films it was it was definitive and whilst never really I don't, and not a lot happens in the film so you're you're anticipating a ghost for a lot of it or a possessed person or just anything but uh, the way it uses suspense considering you don't really get actual too much actual action it, it it's worth the film yeah, it wouldn't be worth a second watch, I don't think, just purely because once you've got over that initial suspense and whatnot. I remember uh, one of our uh, film lecturers at uni, uh, Dom, telling me that one of the things with paranormal activities <laughs> is a low bass tone throughout most of the film, which when you're in the cinema and the acoustics are great and the speakers are great, it gives that awkward, dodgy feeling in your stomach. Uh, so then when people was to watch the film from home, it was like, well, I, I don't understand why there were reports of people fainting in the cinema and, and you know, freaking out. Uh, apparently that's due to the sound. Yeah, I, I can see that. I was too young to, to watch the film in cinema when it was initially released, but watching it late, I, I do get that, yeah. I imagine the experience would have been a lot better in the cinema as well. I think as well because the film is mostly shown through pretty much CCTV cameras. Like it's cameras that they've set up in the corners of each room or whatever. I don't know. It just really brings 
that unease because it's, it's yeah. you know it's real that's how you wouldn't have all these high-tech cameras trying to catch a ghost in your house because you just couldn't afford it if you were trying to catch one you would set up a little webcam in the corner and God, could you imagine watching the footage back the next day if you thought stuff was could you imagine how scared you'd be watching yourself sleep yeah and just waiting yeah. for something to happen Okay, Aye. so um, our first step into the paranormal is paranormal activity. Yeah. So, though, what's your number five pick? My number five pick isn't one film in particular because there's been multiple iterations of this film, which is A Christmas Carol, which is a very famous... Well, another, another famous book, which I love to bang on about a book adaptation... Uh, and the reason I argue for this as a strong number five of just the paranormal is that, like I said earlier, we love a friendly ghost. And even though the ghost in A Christmas Carol, well, I mean, the ghost of Christmas Future, he wasn't a very uh, friendly person, but he's the kind of friend that we all have an honest friend that needs to tell us the things that we have to do to sort our lives out. And... That's, well, that's future, at least. But they, I think the haunting that they bring is very unique in that it's, it's constructive. Like I was saying, it's like the, it's the honest friends that sort your life out for you. And they come to Scrooge, who's a, who's a fucking dick, and just show him the error of his ways. And, it's, and what I think is brilliant is that they show him his down like where his downfall was how he got to where he was and then where he will be hence you know past future and present so on the one side but we have uh ghosts just fucking up a family and then on the other side we have yeah. friendly ghosts that's quite an interesting yeah sorting out they're sorting out people's families they are absolutely um i i, I never thought about future as the honest friend before that's interesting isn't it because yeah. it is see uh, yeah i've always oh uh, it's just uh, because he's sort of silent <laughs> um mm. hey well so silent bob and who's a more honest friend than that yeah yeah i have yeah, absolutely um cool was there was there anything else you wanted to say did i cut you off um early uh I think there was something, but I forgot what it was. Okay, well. But I, I guess just... Oh, no, yeah, I remember what it was. It's just also just... We love a ghost that has time travel powers. Oh, trust. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And we love time travel on this show. Uh, we do. We absolutely do. So, there's a minute on the okay. clock, Sam. Um, how do you feel? Are you are you ready to duke this out? I, I think so, yeah. I think so. Okay, well, let's see what you've got. Go. Uh, I think if you're going to try and argue Christmas Carol for best paranormal, you you must be a Muppet. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> ah yeah, yeah. Had to get that one out there. Still, though. Um, yeah. Still, though. I, I, d I just don't fit, think it fits in the top five, you know? I mean, although there is paranormal aspects to it, I when I think of Scrooge or Christmas Carol, I think more of the, well, Christmas, really. It's a Christmas movie in my eyes. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, I, I, whereas the ghosts are important for Scrooge's lesson, I, I never really remembered the ghost that uh, wore, 
more the lessons he learned you know like I feel that they were more supporting they were never really the the be all of the movie um I am however a big fan of Christmas Carol it just yes yeah, it's, it's not in the top five I, I don't think it can beat the the iconic paranormal activity and yeah I'll take that I'm glad you shouted out the Muppets because I, th- I when I reached the end of my spiel and realised I hadn't said it, I was I was. Mate, I was you myself. know how happy I was when you hadn't said it. I was literally I, I thought I'd thought of the joke and I was like, all right, please don't mention the Muppets. <laughs> and then when Rogan was saying, oh, have you got one more thing? And you was like, there was one thing, and I was like, no, nah, don't be the Muppets, don't be the. Yeah. Muppets. I need to make this joke. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we. Um... It's a Christmas film, mate. It's not a paranormal film. Let's see how you're going to react to it that solo. Are you ready? You've got yeah. a minute on the clock. Go. Okay. Well, the reason that Paranormal Activity can't make this list is that I think its its legacy shits all over it. The sequels were terrible. Uh, and even that initial movie really, like, Yeah, it. I mean, the paranormal is what you don't see. It is a ghost, but you don't even get. There's nothing tangible about tangible with it. Like you couldn't even argue its design benefits. Like the house. I mean, I guess it was literally fifteen thousand, so they didn't have anything going into it, which explains why it's quite pathetic, really, in its design. And just in comparison with something like Christmas Carol, which is I even more iconic insofar as it stood it stood for centuries whereas paranormal activity didn't even stand for a decade right. i think that's all I've whoa <laughs> whoa stood for centuries because there were so many remakes yeah because it's a brilliant story no because they, never, they time. never got it right <laughs> oh have you know dickens got it right yeah, it was it was funny to hear <laughs> Um, iconic being used in favour of paranormal activity and against the uh, Charles Dickens novel. <laughs> in it, yeah. Um, like I think in uh, in terms of literary noteworthiness, I think the screenplay for paranormal activity and the works <laughs> of Charles Dickens are uh, on different levels. Okay, <laughs> it is a tif- difficult decision though. Let me let me try and break it down. Down as to why. On the one hand, the argument is uh, that the ghosts in it are, are, are more for teaching a lesson than than the paranormal and and this the, the horror of ghosts. And the other side, the argument is there's nothing tangible. There's no design to the ghost. Uh, the, the 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 two very good arguments. I don't know um, if you want to discuss for a second while I try and figure this out. Yeah. Um. I um, guess just the, well the one about the uh, they do teach a lesson. I mean, I I guess I guess my I guess the the only thing about that is that I like my list is very much that horror isn't my repertoire, and so I think the paranormal is cross genre in my opinion. See now with, with paranormal, uh, paranormal necessary doesn't doesn't technically have to mean ghosts so we don't have to see a spiritual being but more just be within the the law of that realm really fan like 
I'd, I'd have to get up a proper definition of paranormal, mm. to be honest, just to... Uh, just, oh, no, I, I concur. Define, but, like, um, so within that, um, I don't think it needs to be... It doesn't have to have a figure as long as its presence is felt and its presence was felt through the use of the the low tones, as you say, and whatnot. And that's why on £15,000, they, they made an iconic ghost film without ever having to show the ghost because it wasn't needed because they had everything else okay okay so um yeah this is this is where i'm i'm going to go the fact that the 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 paranormal element in paranormal activity is sort of an antagonizing factor whereas in christmas carol it's stories um which is it has sort of been touched on um I mean, it's tough. I'm, I'm grasping for straws. I'm trying to find uh, the the defining thing. But for me, um, I I I think I really like Sam's argument on the fact that a ghost doesn't have to look look like a ghost. Um, mm. th- so, just on that alone, it's, I'm going to give it to parano- paranormal activity. We need a clapping track. Good, you know what? Yeah. Good, uh, good argument against it, though. I did. I, I thought Christmas Carol was going to be the the easy wipeout. To be honest, like, I didn't. I didn't think he'd put up such a good argument for it because, as I say, I ne- I don't think of the ghost when I when I think of it. Like I would have never even thought to to use that as a film within this within this list. But I I like that you 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 fought for it, man. That was a close one. You know, Chris. I mean, Christmas Carol was my first thought for this list because I just. I mean, I guess it's just because it's a story I love, oh. and it's, and just the ghosts. I mean, like it is. It is a ghost story, but it's just like it's just a very. It's a very old ghost story, so it's very different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. This was before ghosts were made scary and stuff. Yeah, essentially. Like, oh, what's another of my favorite ghost stories from that time period is, I think it's called The Haunting of Canterville Chase. It's it's a wild one, and it's just this ghost is trying to haunt a family, and the family just aren't scared of it. No, so it's like, so the ghost is such a terrible time. It's like miserable because their family aren't scared that they play like pranks on it and shit. Just oh. to fuck with it. It's wow. brilliant. It sounds incredible, <laughs> yeah. but it's a shame you didn't put it for it's number four. It's a crime. Four. It's not a film. <laughs> no, it's not a film, so I could I couldn't uh, bring it okay. in. Okay, so, but it's a brilliant short story. Wonderful. Um, can you get started with number four then, Solo? Uh, what do you have? Yeah, gladly. Um, actually, funnily enough, like I was like I was saying at the start of this, when there was a period. Where just me and everyone in my house were watching horror films in 2018, around well, around um, Halloween. This was one of the ones I watched in that period, actually, for the very first time. And it's brilliant. It's 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 one of it's one of the only horror pulls I have on this list, and it's uh, the ritual from 2017. Cause it's. Even before it is a monster you get to see, but it also has the the intangible paranormal presence. Like I, I know I fired a shot at paranormal activity for that, but I didn't even believe in that as I said it because I love an invisible. I mean, I've ranted about how much I love the invisible man, and you definitely can't see him. <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah. Um, yeah, anyways, yeah, the like the way... I can't remember what the name of the monster is, unfortunately. But the way it haunts them, and especially the scene where they first stay in this house in the forest. Like, I, I don't know if you've seen it, but basically they go into this house because they're... It's like, it's pissing down. And they are trekking through a forest and just have to stay somewhere. And they go in. It's like, it's completely barred doors. And just in the attic, I think it is, there's just a statue to like this fucking freaky looking God. And when they all fall asleep, they just woke up and like, they've ch- they've had like insane nightmares. The house has been like ransacked around them. And one of them is like praying to the thing in the attic. It just like, it destroys them before it even shows up. And then just they're dealing with this whole. It, I mean, it's it's the horror of the unseen, as they're traveling through a forest because you you can't see like, ten feet in front of you in a real forest like the one they're walking through, and they've they're having to go through it after that night, where they just know something's out to get them, and it just picks them off slowly along the way. It's a very it's a very beautiful. Killer. In like in how monsters can be beautiful in that way, and right up until it appears, it just it just screws with you in its presence. It's brilliant. Wow. Um, hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm not a big like I'm not the biggest horror guy, but that is one of those ones I love. That that was why I gave it the impassioned speech. Just so I can kind of uh, visualize it, Rex. I've obviously not seen this film. When you're talking about the gods and stuff, is that oh, like yeah, yeah. in a kind of witchcrafty way? Yeah, it's made of like twigs. Like it's essentially it's just made of like woven twigs and branches. It's like a pagan idol. Like you know the kind of ones they used to like put people in and set on fire and like burn people alive. In? Yeah, it was like that kind of. I'm thing. thinking like Wicker Man. I've not seen Wicker Man. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, it's probably for the best, to be fair. Hmm. But if it's literally something made of wicker, then you're on the right lines. Yeah. <laughs> we, 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 yeah. Um, believe it or not, it would be. Yeah. Um, so, Sam, um, you've, you've heard The Ritual. Have you seen The Ritual? Uh, I haven't. I've had a look at it, though. Really? And... Um... It's, I'm it's got some uh, some some actors I'm a fan of. It's got Rafe Spall. Yeah, uh, oh, we love Rafe Spall. Son and uh, Arsha Ali, um, who's in one mm-hmm. of my favourite TV series of all time, Beaver Falls. So I will. Oh, I love that show. You you like Beaver Falls? Yeah, what? I nah. anyone else that's ever nah, watched that, I'd like to. Nah, no way. <laughs> no way. Neither of neither of I other than me and my like my close group of friends <laughs> that all watched it. Like, there's only four of us that watched it, and yeah, great, great oh, TV jokes. series. Okay, cool. Oh, we'll chat about that after. All right, yeah, we'll get yeah we'll get onto that later. <laughs> Even so, uh, no, I haven't seen it. Uh, it's, but I, I definitely will be watching it. Um, it, look, it looks creepy. Yeah, creepy. I, I reckon so, you'll definitely love it. I mean... Yeah. Uh, don't think it's number four, though. Uh, I think what, <laughs> what do you think is number four? I think that's got to go to... Man like M. Knight. Um, not going to pronounce his second name. Because um, I will definitely get it wrong. Um, but, yeah. I, I'm guessing we all know M. Knight. I don't need to clarify. Yeah. 
he was the guy who uh, made the Avatar film, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> he was in an episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia too, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. we yeah. know him. Anyway, yeah. So uh, he produced and wrote a story, which was then adapted into a film um, called Devil. Uh, probably not the only one by that title, especially in this genre, but this is the 2010 Devil. Um, it focuses around a group of people trapped within an elevator. Well, before that, right, so it's it's all set within an elevator. Um, a group of people go in. On top of the same building, a man jumps to his death and leaves a note saying the devil got to him, or something along them lines. Now, the elevator breaks down, and there's you've got five different characters trapped within it. It's quite a big elevator, to be honest. Um, but within that, as they're trying to get them out, they one of them sees a face in the, in the mirror, which is the devil, per se, and events start happening within the elevator and the devil is kind of swapping between each protagonist and as they're talking and they're thinking you're getting to know more about their lives it actually becomes a hugely interconnected story they've all actually they're all actually pretty shitty people um <laughs> and this the paranormal in this one uh kind of contradicts myself on my last point is 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 within the devil and he's used more of a way of getting people to confess their sins, really. Um, there's a huge religious aspect to this with confession. Um, and kind of like, all of them appear, they all seem to be great, loving, innocent people. But as they're all kind of getting picked off and manipulated, you're kind of discovering they're all, they've all got that, you know, they're all doing stuff. And this is all portrayed like, within the elevator you're only getting people being suspicious of each other because the lights are flickering off and next minute someone's throat's been slit or whatever but on the outside the people trying to figure out who's in the elevator are finding out all this information and finding out that like yeah everyone in there is pretty shitty so it becomes more of a a rapture kind of thing to confess the sins to to, to avoid the devil um but just the, the amount of because you got to think if you're in an elevator with five people and the lights flicker off and one of you dies think how paranoid you're going to be you're going to be so suspicious of everyone that everyone's going to be so suspicious of you and considering it's not actually any of them really doing it because you imagine the mind games mm. yeah how, number four I'm telling you so um, how does the film work being confined to an elevator so the film's confined to an elevator and there is a yeah, guy... I assume we've got like flashes and stuff. Yeah, so you've got a guy who's communicating with them who can speak to them, however can't hear them because the elevator's broke. So the, they're receiving him, then thinking he's not getting them. So they're looking through uh, through the security camera and the detectives are trying to figure out who's within the building. Well, who's within that elevator. They've got like a sign-in sheet and... I don't know. There's a lot of plot points I don't want to spoil for anyone, but mm. so the the way they do it, the way they cut between it, between the people investigating who's in it, the people inside of it, and what they're confessing to each other themselves, it it, it just works really well. Okay. Okay. So I see it a bit like a 
Uh, uh, who done it? Murder mystery in an in an elevator with the paranormal. Kind as, of, yeah. You, like, you have the element of people trying to figure out who is killing these people in the lift. You know, um, whilst they're being stalked by the devil, or yeah, yeah, the devil was uh, just happily swapping between vessels, really. Um, that's the thing, like that, like the the way the film leads you on, like the initial, the first, it's every time the light goes out, something happens. The first time the light goes out, one of the girls gets a bite mark, and everyone starts accusing the guy behind her. So for the next ten minutes, you're assuming it's the guy behind her until the next time the light goes out, his throat gets slashed, and you're like, oh fuck, like it wasn't him. That's like right, who is it then? And then. Like it just it just plays with you the whole way through. Interesting. It sounds sounds very interesting. Is it? Um, imagine it's only about ninety minutes long. Uh, do, do you know where I could perhaps find this film? Um, uh, it is on Netflix, I believe. Um, it's actually a really popular horror film. I think purely because of uh, M Night and all of his work gets a gets a lot of claim doesn't it it's, it's, you'll find it yeah he's got any. quite a big cult following yeah um, probably got a big he... cult as well to be fair he seems like the <laughs> yeah. kind of dude that's oh. got a cult you know oh yeah a, you know a what Rogan one. yeah so what, uh, how long did you say sorry how long did you say I, I asked if it was about 90 minutes it's 80 80 okay <laughs> so just close. just a quick little film uh, but it's, it's, it sounds uh, really interesting so uh, we have this kind of um, two very different um, types of uh, the paranormal in one way, but at the same time, uh, very both very much in the realms of like mental torture and, and, yeah. and playing with people and, and stuff. So I think this is going to be a very interesting debate. Um, so solo, are you are you ready to counteract some of uh, Sam's points? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, so there's a minute on the clock, yeah. and go. Cool. All right. First of all, I think on a list of five best paranormal activities, the activity of, of the paranormal in that film sounds very low and very basic. Like, my guy's just swapping bodies. Like, it's, I mean, I, I, like, the murders are obviously what are driving people crazy. It's not like he's not doing things, but it's a very weak power for something like a devil to have. Like, it can change bodies and just murder people, as opposed to something that is, like, walking around, breaking people's minds, eating them alive, and then sacrificing them to its own cult. Like... Compared to that, people getting people getting their throat slit seems like an everyday occurrence, really. Like, yeah, and ev- and especially if because, like Rogan said, it is mind-bending factors stacking against each other, and you argued against a teachable lesson, say a crisis of conscience, like this devil is putting out. Thank you very much, Solo. Um, he threw some shots, Sam. He threw some shots. How you feeling? He did, mate. Uh... You know what? Uh, not not great, mate. To be honest, um, <laughs> I think I'll, you know what? I'll see. I'll see how I do. I'll see how I do. Well, you've got a minute on the clock. Go. Right. I'm gonna. I'm gonna first of all argue that 
Whereas, yeah, the, the, there were some solid points that I made. I feel like it's a lot easier to talk about a film with the paranormal when you're heading into a wooded area and stuff and you've got all this great settings. Whereas with my mm. film, you, you get you get into the paranormal, you've got mystery, you've got you've got the who done it like Rowan says, and you don't even need to leave one little square room and that, that is the beauty of that. It these are very they're not the greatest points, however, I will also admit that I don't think any Netflix horror film can 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 really make this list. They're just not they're just not known for that, <laughs> mate. Like, come on man. If it was that great why didn't it get why didn't it go to the cinemas, you know? Like like Paranormal Activity did, you know, like like Devil did. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, yeah, that's me. Yeah. That's me. That's me. That was difficult, and I want to watch this film. <laughs> <laughs> I almost I almost feel like the oh it's not good enough for the cinema because it went on streaming. Um, argument is, I mean, this there's been some great streaming films at this point. Trust oh, me. Th- there, there has been. Don't get me wrong. That was that was a, that was a cheap blow, mate. <laughs> Haven't Netflix won a few Oscars, Rogan? Oh, at this point? Um, yeah, absolutely. If so, I if I'm not mistaken, they're, they're an Oscar-winning yeah, production house. Alfonso Cuarón getting. Funny uh, that. Oh. Mate, it was it was a dig to make a dig. It was a difficult one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, this 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 is another interesting one. As I'm quickly go- going through um, the notes. Uh, one is the sort of mystery who did it with with this sort of um, mental torture um, going along from the devil, which um, is also apparently basic and and quite weak for the devil. Um, which on the other hand we have this um, this booky forest situation, which is also on one hand cliche for a horror film to do, um, and you know had. This cult sacrifice, sacrifice and stuff. Uh, sac- sorry, cult sacrifice um, and, and again mental torture. As I've been talking it through, um, like I'm gonna, I'm terrified of one and not the other. Um, you know, <laughs> one, I, I want to see the devil because it looks like this voyeuristic and like Big Brother esque kind of uh, film, and I, I, I'm into that kind of stuff. Uh, but the 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 ghost and the paranormal in, in the ritual actually kind of sounds terrifying, and I want nothing to do with it. Um, so because of that point, uh, I'm going to give it to the ritual. Fair enough, man. I'm uh, I'm very intrigued to watch this film. Yeah, I it is brilliant. I retract Sorry. my Netflix uh, comment. If Netflix ever want to work with me in the future, don't don't <laughs> don't. Um, I'd take that on board, mate. Like, um... In particular, the Masters of the Universe project. What is said in the minute of hate can't stand up in court. Yeah, 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 man. <laughs> I yeah, think really. we should. I think we should put that out there now. It's, yeah, it's like cool. it's like being at Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. What happens in the minute stays in the minute. Or Blackpool. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, Skegger. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so uh, we've got our first two. Uh, Paranormal Activity is our number five, and The Ritual is our number four. Moving into number three now. Uh, Sam, it's your turn to go first. What do you have? I've got the sequel to to the 2011, I believe. Paranormal Sensation, uh, Insidious Chapter 2, which was 2013. It's... um, 
It's directed by James Wan, our, our king of horror. Um, stars Patrick Wilson, who at the time was just absolutely smashing the horror roles, uh, later featured in The Conjuring and mm. numerous other films. It's actually confusing. You yeah. kind of think they're all the same universe just because they always they love Patrick Wilson. But I have a lot of love for Patrick Wilson as well. He's great, isn't he? He's just I don't yeah. know, he's just he's got the, the facial expressions down to a point. Now the reason I went for chapter two rather than chapter one is because whereas I think chapter one is an incredible film, the use of tiptoe through the tulips, um by Tiny Tim is terrifying and I'm still scared of that song. However, in the thing that Insidious Chapter Two did was it made incidents from the first one more it explained them so within the first film you get a lot of random bangs and knocks and whatnot and you don't really get where they're coming from or anything like that it's kind of left unexplained until the second one the one thing to know of insidious is they they enter another realm really they go into a thing called the further and it's like access you have to be gifted they say to be able to astro project which is a it's a whole other story however the terrifying thing about this and what what is so paranormal about it is that this stuff can happen to any of us i'm sure all of us have experienced sleep paralysis at some point in our lives and mm. yeah through sleep paralysis you end up trapped within within this realm which your body then becomes a vessel for spirits within this realm to 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 enter our world you know it's it's terrifying it's and the worst thing about it is that the vessel being a human being like when you're the family of that child what what do you do i mean me personally you know i, I feel like he's got to go like <laughs> you know like I, I don't know if 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 i'm seeing weird old ladies walking around my house and stuff like that, and it's all because my son's like in this weird sleep paralysis. He can he can stay somewhere else, you know what I mean? It's like Will from Stranger Things. Literally, just, just put the kid down. <laughs> just you know, you know. Just... I mean, I, I was gonna say the Omen. Never mind, fucking Will Byers. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, just yeah, just as a as a sequel, incredible. Every other Insidious after that was dreadful. Wouldn't waste your time with it. However, the first two together, as I I'd always say, if you're gonna watch the first one, watch the second one immediately afterwards because it just it just sums it up so well. And that they enter these different realms and stuff, and they explain it so well. It doesn't there doesn't seem to be plot holes. Um, I imagine someone's found a couple, but. Not not to your average viewer, anyway. Okay, sweet. And uh, I really liked your connection to um, sleep paralysis and um, how that makes it a, a, a real-ish fear that somebody could have. Ta- yeah, it's uh, like tangible to oh, you as a person. Well, this is the thing. After watching that film, I didn't know what sleep paralysis was until that. And I remember the one of the first or second times I experienced sleep paralysis, I was shook. Purely because I'd seen Insidious, and I was like, "No, no, <laughs> please, please don't, please don't do that," you know. <laughs> okay. And it's just something you can't control, like. So yeah. um, we have uh, an astro projecting otherworldly, otherworldly uh, paranormal film in Insidious Two. 
Um, so what kind of horrific and realistic ghost do you have to throw at us, Solo? I have I have a very realistic ghost. Uh, but more on that later, because I'm bringing another classic, like Christmas Carol, and that is ha- The Hound of the Baskervilles, a classic Arthur Conan Doyle, Sherlock Holmes tale. And if you were to talk about dynamite casting, I do I do have a lot of of love for Patrick Wilson, but Christopher Lee as Sir Henry Baskerville, Peter Cushing as Sherlock Holmes. Who doesn't love those two names co-starring? Sounds like the Star Wars okay. film that never was. Mm. Yeah, when Count when Dooku met Tarkin. Yeah, <laughs> which is, is just an incredible partnership. Yeah. Trust me. Um, so just just specify what year. Oh the, yeah, so the, yeah this this one with Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing is from 1959. Nice, nice, um, nice, because there has been, yeah, been a couple, right? Ah, yeah. There's even um, well, there's a TV adaptations with uh, um, Benedict Cumberbatch's Sherlock as well. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, but anyway, this, yeah, this film is, it's shot brilliant. The The monster in it is as tangible as monsters get. It's just a big-ass fucking mutant hound, or so we're told. And I think, this is, to be honest, this is the only one that I'm bringing that is not paranormal when you get to it in the end. Because it's all, it's... It's again the psychological torture, but it's because it's it's the appliance of science, as we say in MacGyver, and just how that drives people insane, and like it's and the fact that is man behind it. Uh, I mean, I th- I think I've I've argued once before about the whole man is the mon- most monstrous of all, but we're talking about the paranormal, so I guess that doesn't count. But the the hound is a brilliant piece of paranormal fiction insofar is it it is tangible fiction and the tangible paranormal that again just as when you discovered sleep paralysis you under like you understood it as a fear and there are plenty of people alive today that are worried about just i mean even people are just scared of dogs never mind someone using a like a monster of your own family's personal history and bringing it back to threaten you with today after killing your brother with it. It's a brilliant haunting. Incredible. So we have um, a uh, an illusion, um, a, 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 mm-hmm. a fake paranormal, um, I don't want to say prank, but um, we'll, we'll stick with the word illusion. Yeah. Illusion is a nice word for that. Uh, uh, which which is is made real in the psychological impact it has on that character, which is which is where mm. we assume most ghost sightings come from. Um, against uh, and it it does appear it does appear as it is a real beast as well that they use for the psych like I mean at least in the fifty nine one it is so it does appear if you know what I mean. So it is a like, beast in this one because I know in the novel it's like it's just the it's a big hound painted with with like a special. They portray it as the beast, so you see it from Sir Henry's point of right, view. Right, yeah. If you know what uh, I mean? So it's like you see the monster, but 
of course, if you know the story, you know it's a falsified monster. No, I like that. I like that. That that is a classic. Yeah, um, not a great deal of parallels. As as one is, a sort of, the 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 other world. The what 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 was it called? It, uh, it's like their version of the upside the down. The further, yeah. So uh, you have like this phasing of worlds with Insidious Two, versus um, this this psychological illusion. Um, this is going to be an interesting battle, I think. Uh, Sam, it's you to go first with a minute on the clock. How do you feel? Are you all right about this? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I'm, uh, I, I reckon so, yeah. Okay. Uh, well, the timer is so. going now. I want to initially shout out Christopher Lee. Um, big guy. Big guy. Um, but yeah, I just want to say, like, this is just a glorified um, just inheritance plot isn't it really it's it's, it's not it's not overly paranormal uh i i get the paranormal figure uh with within the hound but realistically this is all about about inheriting money um this film uh it's more of a more of a murder mystery for a lot of it you're determined that the the hound isn't particularly real um and a lot of the the film suggests that it's actually a, a convicted con that's escaped, and other character that are actually related to other characters within the film. So, I don't think as a whole you could argue it for a paranormal film, just because where the hound's actual scene isn't very limited screen time. Mm. Whoa! The entire legitimacy of the film has been put into question. So you have that, an uphill battle here. How are you feeling? Annoyed. You have to defend <laughs> the legitimacy of your choice now. Okay. So you've got a minute on the clock. Do you think that's enough? I think I can handle it. Yes. Let's do it. Go. Okay. First of all, if you want to talk about legitimacies of a horror, you know what's not scary? Being told exactly what is scaring you. The... The horror of the paranormal activity, or just the monster and hor- and well, the monster in general is that you don't know. It's the unexplained. Imagine seeing that in the first film, and in the second film, someone's like, "All right, I know all of that was pretty crazy. We didn't know what was going on. Here's the story." It takes away the fear factor, and I'm a big fan of the astral plane. But I'm I'm a fan of a good astral plane. I love X Men. The astral tra- plane is brilliant. But just you go there to have something possess you. Why is why is that its backstory? Like that that could have been anything. And again, there's a legacy factor. You said yourself that after the second one, you wouldn't even you wouldn't even recommend watching it. So why am I bothering to learn about it in Insidious Two, which is your film that you're bringing in particular? I would just like to point out the the following third film was uh, a prequel. And the the fourth film um, didn't didn't revolve around the initial family of the first and second one, and just took one character and explored uh, when she was growing up. So that that's why I wouldn't recommend them. Um, and, um, as clarify that. Um, someone who uh, I mean the the arguments are set. So what said after that the last yeah, time yeah. goes yeah, off? Yeah, yeah, uh, of I mean I I I'm a you know I I love Sherlock Holmes. 
and I've seen quite a few uh, booky old shows. I might, I might have actually seen this, to be fair. Um, th- watched them late at night. Um, I think ITV has it on every so yeah, often. Yeah. Um, not all of them are great, though. So the whole, like, the, the legacy factor of Insidious is diminished. So, so it's, yeah. Okay. Um, it's not it's not a hundred percent record for for the for the old school Sherlock Holmes stuff. Um, but yeah, so what have I got to figure out here? We have a glorified inheritance plot uh, with an iconic <laughs> cast, uh, a psychologically um, uh, illusion. Um, a, a murder mystery that is an a legitimate excuse of a paranormal film, but embraces the fear of the unknown. Whereas Insidious 2 explodes the unknown, and in doing so, may have diminished the first film, whilst also having improved and deepened the original film. Um, and it offers a fear, a realistic fear element with um, sleep paralysis, which was a wonderful argument that I didn't really see countered, um, to be honest. Uh, the fact that... Uh, it was only my dog was my counter. <laughs> yeah. Um, interesting decision um, I have to make now. I, I, I would like... I mean... The question is: Is um, is is Sound of Baskerville's a, a legitimate choice? Was did, does that argument stand or not? Are you asking me? I'm. I uh, yes and no, and and speaking out and and just trying to yeah, make a decision out, on the spot. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> uh, sorry, guys. Uh, it's. I mean, this is only as an excuse of good arguments. Um, I, I'm I'm gonna go with the um, because the the sleep paralysis argument is the one that stays in my mind, mm. and I thought that was really cool for Sam to bring that in. I'm gonna go with Insidious yeah. too. I thought like I I had a feeling Insidious was gonna get this Insidious too. I mean, but is that I when he brought up the th- that like Sherlock explains what he thinks the whole way. I was just thinking. God damn it, Sherlock. Like, why can't you keep your fucking mouth shut and let people believe <laughs> yeah, sometimes? He is very vocal, but it's not, <laughs> uh, it's, it's not a monster. Yeah. I know. Yeah, it's like, I was, yeah, as soon as you mentioned that, that was my first thought. I was like, he just doesn't, he doesn't shut up. Like, why can't he shut up? Like, be more like Poirot and don't tell anyone anything. I hadn't seen that film. That's why I, I had to check, quickly check with it, but I studied the book for my, um, for my GCSEs. So, um, yeah, I know mm. that book like the back of my hand. <laughs> oh mad I wish I studied that for Jesus yeah, great that, it, that's the thing it's it's real easy to do good well to, to do well on your exams when you enjoy the, the stuff you're reading I was very lucky to, to read some absolute bangers in English mm. so for the next choice on our top two um, I'd say a very drastically different films. Probably the 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 most diverse with the, within these picks. It, these arguments are going to be very interesting. Um, Solo's going to lead us off with his second pick. Uh, what would that be? Yeah. Well, I'm leading us off with a little-known film from 1984 uh, called Ghostbusters. That is uh, widely regarded as just. One Wait, of wasn't the best that like 2016 or 17 that film came out? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure it was. Ago. Yeah, with uh, oh yeah, with them women, uh, isn't it? Coffee, right? <laughs> but I know. Back, back to the classic of back to the good old days of 1984, when Ghostbusters changed everyone's lives and is still changing lives to these days. And in its name, it's a paranormal movie. It's about ghosts and busting those motherfuckers because they're all over New York these days. Or at least those days, should I say. And again, talking about... We, we mentioned the casts before. And this is, I mean, Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd leading it says his own thing as Stans and Venkman. Two classic characters just in fiction. Like, I mean... What what bad things can be said about Venkman as a character? None. And it's just about them. They they go out there and they hunt the ghosts. They stop they stop the destruction of our dimension in it as well. When Zool shows up, uh, poor old Sigourney Weaver getting turned into that hound as well. I mean, speaking of hounds, I mean that was that was a real monstrous hound. Never yeah, mind the basketball. Absolutely. <laughs> And there were two of those. They used fuckers. to terrify me as a kid, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Taking this as a straight-up comedy, yeah. but it, it really is a bit of a comedy horror in, in many ways. Yeah, it yeah it had it had its horror, horror elements. I mean, and talk, uh, after the hounds, we had the big bad, the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, <laughs> who who could have destroyed New York were were the Ghostbusters not on hand to take yeah. care of that one. As they would do later with when Vigo attempted to make his return in Ghostbusters 2. They saved us again. But, yeah. Um, just, oh yeah, and he, okay, well, I'll, I'll just talk about more about the paranormal elements. The Slimer is an iconic ghost. Stay Puff is an iconic ghost. And, I, I've, well, one that I love is the little skeleton cab driver that we get when they all break out. He's a G. Uh, the old man doing the running track, who they who they kick the little mouse trap in front of and get him. Uh, there's so many like just brilliant moments where a ghost shows up and they just essentially through hijinks are like they're 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 basically an adult Scooby Doo gang, where it's like they're just it is hijinks in how they stop things, like when they wreck the whole hotel just to catch their first ghost and then build them for it and leave. It's it's uh, it's brilliant, and talk about paranormal activity. Wow! <laughs> so we have one of um, the most iconic films um, of the eighties. I think you could call it a modern classic. Um, wow, Sam, mm-hmm. how you feeling? You know what? Ghostbusters is a it is it's it's a great comedy. It really is. Um, You're in a bit of trouble, mate. I've only got one yeah. question for you. Who are you gonna call? <laughs> Patrick Wilson. Oh, yeah, I actually am. I'm gonna tag in uh, not just Patrick Wilson. I'm gonna tag in James Wan as well. Okay, <laughs> so you you give them a call on what they're gonna come up with, what they're gonna send you. I uh, know they might conjure something. <laughs> nah. All right. Yeah. No. No. This is kind of a bit silly. <laughs> Mine's uh, The Conjuring. Um, this film is terrifying the first time you watch it. I don't want to hear anyone say it wasn't scary, because it, it was. Um, it's 
it's brilliant in the sense that it opens up like the MCU of horror films. Like this, the Conjuring's responsible for ad- all the Annabelle films. Not that we're thankful for all of them. Um, <laughs> you know, the Nun again, not a great one. However, this, like, I'm not gonna get into the sequels because I got I got that users no argument against me last time. I don't wanna I don't wanna sway <laughs> on them. This is it's incredible, right? So this is based off true events if if you want to want to believe true events there is actually a book from the people the family that lived in this house um at the time this house is very documented um it's on it's in rhode island um home of all paranormal things um and basically it it revolves around um yeah, it is a, a it's your typical haunting of a house, but it all dates back to a witch in the eighteen hundreds called Bathsheba, who, in real life, has there is records of this lady living. Um, there is also uh, folklore and stories from that historians have looked into of this woman, and she apparently a uh, young infant was murdered. Um, under her care due to a huge sewing needle being put through his skull, which is pretty terrifying if you uh when you put it that into perspective. And she is our she's our she's our ghost. Like you know, that nothing encompasses fear like like that. And especially when you look into the, the realistic nature of these events and the house that still stands and there's even a picture of potential Bathsheba from the 1800s, which is terrifying in itself. Uh, furthermore from that, this is, these are based off the, the case files off of Ed and Lorraine Warren, who are the most renowned ghost hunters ever. Um, that they, they have a The museum. real Ghostbusters. Yeah, they do. Yeah, the the real Ghostbusters. Really, they they have a museum um, in America that has to be blessed multiple times a week by a priest. It's where the actual Annabelle doll features, and plenty of other artifacts throughout their thing throughout their cases. And I think the reason this needs to be number two is of all of Ed and Lorraine's hundreds of files, they they went for the Conjuring first and. You know, I feel like that that stands in itself that that this is by far the most paranormal thing they've ever experienced. Hence, why it was pushed to number one on the production. Okay, list. so we have the um, historic and potentially true events um, based off of legitimate case files versus uh, a, a a parody in many respects, a a, a parody version <laughs> of it. Um, Maybe more satire yeah. than parody, uh, but but uh, definitely um, a, com- a a different approach to almost the same philosophy of catching ghosts, or or because um, they are the, these people from the Conjuring. Um, I've forgotten the name. Sorry, Sam. Ed and Lorraine Warren. Yeah, they are sort of like hired Ghostbusters, aren't they? Like the bounty hunters for the paranormal. <laughs> Yeah, but, yeah, essentially, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that could be a job job description. So yeah. uh, they are the genuine people they, you would call, <laughs> if if you had to call. Yeah, prior yeah. to the eight, prior prior to nineteen eighty four, that's who you so, call. 
um, Solo, you're you're the first to to, to fire <coughs> back. Um, you've got a minute on the clock. Are you ready? And here we go. Cool. All right. In your own words, um, you called this the typical haunting of a house. So, how how many haunted houses have we seen? Like, it's a bit it's a bit of a sickening cliche. And again, like old lady ghosts. That's that's as much a cliche as just the house haunting. Like I know I know obviously okay it's based off of a factual story but I'm not gonna lie ghosts aren't real, so it might as well be fictional. So for the points that gets you, it's semi irrelevant. Uh, God yeah, I, the, the the location is interesting. I give it that, but the diversification of locations and the brilliance of using the originality of locations and creating them within Ghostbusters stands out a lot stronger visually i'd imagine than a typical haunting of a house right so essentially we have originality versus cliche and how how the tables have turned How, how are you feeling about that sam you know it's gonna be a difficult one mate it is gonna be a difficult one yeah yeah use my own words against me (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, I, when I, I was so glad when I heard you say that. <laughs> he did it how, well as well. How uh, um, legitimate can case files be if if they are based on something that you know um, isn't proven? I'll say I won't be as bold as Solo over that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, true. So I have a Very minute true. on the clock for you, Sam. Are you ready? Yeah, take your shots. Now, when I think of paranormal, I think of things hiding in the dark, things being, you know, elusive. So what what I don't think of is a 50-foot Michelin man walking through New York City. Um, That's not, that's that's a Godzilla movie. That's a monster movie. I'm not. (laughs) <laughs> like I, I can't, I can't, I can't think. Also, that like Slimer, yeah, very iconic, yeah, very visible, a very visible ghost that just isn't. He isn't paranormal. He's just there to just, you know, just. I don't know Slimer as well. Slimer is not an intimidating name. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm going. I'm being petty about it. I'm being petty about it. But come on, look at him. He's a slug. He's a green slug with arms. <laughs> And, he's and you're telling me he's coming up against Bathsheba, the the real live witch of of the Conjuring. I I just don't see it, man. I, yeah. Okay. I've also just clocked. I just want to check. Is the uh, the the big marshmallow dude um, the state put? Is that what they base the uniforms off for Stranger Things in the third series? Because it's very similar with a little blue. Thingy. I, I couldn't. I have no idea. I just seen an image of it, and they're both 80s, aren't they? They're both 80s. Well, they do dress as the Ghostbusters in the second season. I haven't seen the third, so I don't know. But I wouldn't be surprised if they, well, use that joke reference. again, shall we say? Hmm. Yeah. Fair. Okay. Right, cool. Yeah. Just so, uh, by the end of that, we got to the fact that Ghostbusters uh, weren't intimidating, um, a bit of a joke. However, 
Mm. One thing stands that earlier in um, Solo's uh, discussion of Ghostbusters, he mentioned how horrifying the wolves were. And then that wasn't brought up in regards to it not being intimidating and, and that it's a bit of a joke. Um, essentially, it's the fact that Kundrin uh, is horrifying, um, you know, based on real life people, based on a real life house, um, with, did you say, real life witch as well, Sam? So th- there are legitimate elements that, although you can argue whether ghosts are real or not, um, it is in within a legitimate world that does add to the horror. But does the paranormal have to be horror? Um, and we we sort of had this debate earlier in the discussion with number five with the paranormal activity versus Christmas Carol, and in that particular case, we chose paranormal activity. However, here. Simply because there were, there are horrifying elements, and that was used in an argument, but wasn't addressed. Like, um, I, I, I personally think I'm going to give this one to Ghostbusters. Also, because um, I'm not like, I don't see anywhere in the in the rule book that the paranormal and has to be horror, either. True. I made more like allusion to like the fact they weren't seen more more than yeah. I I was just gonna say at this point I want to point out I do believe in the supernatural. I just said that. Okay. A, I just said okay. that as a shot. <laughs> oh, okay. I was gonna say I did not think you'd be someone that was like. Come on, cool. Sam. You know I'm a skeptic. I'm not willing to just straight up write it off. So I'm edged on the lines of sort of not proven, <laughs> I guess. Um, it's just the science we don't know yet, right? Okay, so we get to that part of the show just before we battle it out for number one. Um, and just to recount on the list so far, the Chimwagger's definitive paranormal films list is at number five, we have Paranormal Activity. At number four, we have The Ritual. At number three, we have Insidious 2. And at number two, we have Ghostbusters. At this point, we'd like to shout out some of our uh, honourable mentions. Um, I'm going to shout out uh, the false ghost of Obi-Wan from A New Hope, uh, yeah. uh, where he comes back as a, a, a voice. Um, what are your guys' honourable mentions? Run, Luke. Uh, mine is... Mine is Scooby-Doo 2, Monsters Unleashed, the best of the live-action Scooby-Doo <laughs> movies. Again, on the, another argument that the, su- that the supernatural and paranormal activity doesn't have to necessarily yeah. be scary. It has <laughs> it to be the be best hilarious. of the live-action, because there's no way he's standing up against Scooby-Doo meets yeah. Batman. I mean, like, come on. True. Or Scooby-Doo <laughs> and the Cyber Chase. True, true. I have... Two Scooby Doo and Batman films, actually. <coughs> okay. Sam? Uh, it was initially on my list, but I removed it. The uh, the original Poltergeist. Um, terrifying. Uh, that little clown puppet is frightening. And 
much more terrifying than the clown puppet they used 30 years later in the remake can I just say the original Poltergeist from the 70s I think it's it's so much better than the new one which I just you know even even with the the more dated like clown puppets and special effects everything looks a bit like DIY in the original compared to the the slickness of the new one nah the, the original is so much better oh my god okay yeah, the new the new one kind of trashed the uh, the name. Uh, I would I didn't I didn't like it. I didn't really didn't like it. Okay, so yeah. this is it. This is the time, guys. The time where we decide the number one definitive Chinwaggers paranormal film ever. Period. Done. Said. Finished. Are you ready? What's even more at stake yes. is the fact that if we had a scoreboard, it would sit at 2-2. That this decides <laughs> the game. This decides the list. Are you ready? Sam, you're first. What's your choice? Well, I mean, I think everybody knows this film. Uh, really created the some genre of exorcism films and it is it's the original exorcist film um released on boxing day as a as a big fuck you to the christians which i which i i thought was very brave of its time it came under a lot of controversy um but what's really the most paranormal thing about this film is more just the 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 rumor i mean it's it's not a long film. It's only eighty minutes long. You know, it's a it's it's a very routine story of an exorcism, exorcism because it was the original exorcism. Um, they didn't need to outdo this film by adding loads of new tropes and stuff like every one of its predecessors has. With this film, they just they just needed the concept, some terrifying music, and a girl's head to spin around, and you've got yourself like well. The highest grossing, highest grossing R-rated film from 1974 to 1991 is what you have. Um, yeah, as well, just just to just excel its brilliance. It's the whoa. I don't know if it is still now. However, it was the first horror film to ever be nominated for Best Picture at the um, Academy Awards and. Well, you you don't you don't get a number one without saying the Oscars, do you? Really? So. Um, just yeah. just for those who I'll may say. not know, what's an R-rated film? An R-rated film is a eighteen-plus film, I believe. It's the Americans rated. I don't know why I use the uh, American yeah. rating rather than the the UK one, but um, yeah, it, and the it's called uh, R-rating. Um, it, it's because like the title card is red. As, as well. Oh, I didn't know that was why they were called that. I did not know that either. Yeah, um, and it's uh, I think it's seventeen. Um, okay, so it was the best picture nominee. It was it it, it was nominated. It didn't win that year, did it? I didn't hear that properly. No, no. it did. No, it it didn't win that year. No. However, for. Uh, as as we were discussing before the show, for any horror film to ever even be considered for best picture, oh yeah, uh, is is an award of in itself. Absolutely, mm. well, it ha- 
the Academy Awards hasn't been mentioned until now. <laughs> so that that stands for something. <laughs> um, okay, so we've got The Exorcist. Um, yeah, arguably one of the most iconic horror films ever made. Um, the the birthplace, the start, the originate, the originator of of possession in film. Um, in at least in that way, in that like Catholic sense. Um, Solo, what you what what are you going, what have you got up your sleeve to 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 step up to the plate to go toe to toe with The Exorcist? I have something that's just as much of a classic as The Exorcist, if not more of a classic, hence why it's going to be number one. And that is The Shining by Stanley Kubrick from 1980. If ever there was a list of cinematic masterpieces, The Shining would be on it, and The Shining would be the cinematic masterpiece representing horror representing hauntings and representing paranormal activity that's a fact the direction is brilliant and i think we can all relate to the plot of it at the minute being locked in ourselves or getting a bit of cabin fever these days we're all feeling a bit jack torrance at the minute and and speaking of jack torrance what dynamite casting in jack nicholson what and watching and talking of possessions watching the the overlook and just how it slowly eats away at his mind and tears him apart that's that's unlike anything ever represented in film since and before its time and that's that's the power of the paranormal in this case but it's also a brilliant it's a brilliant form that the paranormal takes insofar as it isn't you only know what it is if you read, if you've read or know the story, which is just that it's the overlook itself is. It's like a collection of souls of the people it has driven insane, and caused to kill people. It's a it's a legacy monster within itself. Like it's it's, if there was a franchise, it's its own franchise, <laughs> in terms of just repeated murders. And especially, oh, what a brilliant ending shot as well when we see Nicholson in the, well, Jack Torrance rather, in the picture from 1929. And you know he's that he's been taken. He's been taken by the Overlook. He doesn't get saved. Or was he like always part of it? Certain other. Well, he, yeah. Like they say that to him, don't they? In the, um, when they spill, well, Apparently he walks in and there's just a ballroom full of people. And someone spills a drink on him, and then they tell him he's been here his whole life. He's always been the caretaker here. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, so we have the the, in his words, cinematic horror picture. Um. <coughs> uh, we have a film that shows how a, a, a hotel can take possession of someone's mind. Um, the collection of souls, uh, that beautiful last shot versus this, uh, be- best picture nominated, highest grossing, all the accolades, the exorcist versus the shining. Um, okay, Sam, are you ready? I don't know, you know. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm ready to give it uh, to give it my best shot. You're finding it. Yeah. It's on the clock. Go. Right. I just want to say that when you when you when you combine Stanley Kubrick and Jack Nicholson, like you've already just got you've already got a masterpiece. However, did they then think it'd go on to be spoofed in an insurance ad by Lenny Henry? I'm I'm not too sure that whether that discredits movie. I, I don't know. However, I I just I don't know. You don't you don't see that with The Exorcist. You know, The Exorcist is it just holds its ground as the as just being that film you know every any all of our parents um i'm not old enough to be to have been alive when it was released but all of our parents whenever i know whenever i talk to them about this the exorcist was the one that that had everyone terrified just from the 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 mysterious events that surrounded the the cast and stuff there was cast members dying like after the after the after the film wrapped uh if that you know this this paranormal film actually took real lives if that's not number one <laughs> <laughs> very good um argument there sam thank you very much um i like how you you showed how the the film is 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 more preserved um and obviously there are, there are many different adaptations and and parodies of of, of the shining um uh although the a masterpiece as well yeah it? uh so it's also called uh, ma- ma- massively cool and and and, mm. and and the deaths that that come from it just just add to its like cult status. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, so solo, are you ready? The clock is set. Yeah. Off there. you go. Okay. Well, on points of the film, like not the score, which is brilliant for The Exorcist, is blown away by The Shining. The cast blows away The Exorcist. And you, I mean, talk about spoofs. How many times have we seen someone make a joke about the girl with her head spins around and vomiting? I know I've seen that at least 50 times in 50 different places. And the bruv, the guy jumping out the window when he falls down the stairs, how many men have made jokes about that? Like, those, while they were iconic in their time, they are now more recognized for their cliches than they are for their film like everyone knows the haunted girl cliche everyone knows the exorcism cliche and that's what we remember not the exorcist movie we remember the cliche i don't know if that was my time but i ran out of things (laughs) yeah you, you had two seconds left on the clock uh okay so um, I kind of know uh, where I'm where I'm going with this. How are you guys feeling about it? At the end of the day, this this will sit on the the definitive and prestigious Chimwaggers top five paranormal films. Mm. It will go down in history. Uh, monks will carve it out in stone in generations to come. If barring uh, that, crazy people write it on the back of a bathroom door. Yeah. So we'll be preserved somewhere. Yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll do that as soon as Weatherspoons has opened up. Woo! <laughs> so, um, yeah, well, so far on our list, uh, we have. How, how are you feeling about our list so far? Paranormal Activity number five, 
Ritual at number four, Insidious two at number three, and Ghostbusters at number two. Did you feel like uh, there's any that you thought was a sure bet before this that you haven't got? And um, also, did you get one that you thought was a sure bet? The the only one that I thought I I thought I could have won like the Christmas Carol one because I thought I think that was we opened on very even footing with that in terms of our arguments and I thought I might have been able to sway it but it it was it was close I was clutching mm. at straws yeah like I mean I could see the I could see the tension the sweat upon your brow <laughs> but as they say in the books. But yeah, that that was the only one I feel like I had contended for that I lost. The other ones were deservedly lost, in my opinion. Okay. So. I've made a decision and... Um, oh, this is why I've made the decision. Because two of the, both of these films can be considered masterpieces. And just purely looking at the arguments purely looking at the arguments so i don't know if this is factual this may get disproven but i have one here that says that it's the cinematic horror picture the cast and the the director the partnership of those two and then the other one here that says best picture nominee <laughs> It says highest grossing R-rated film from 1974 to 1991. And it goes on to talk about its cult status. So, like, just on these alone, as I'm pairing them up here, I mean, I, 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 um, I love The Shining. It's, it's in my top five all time. But one of them backs up it's arguments of how great it is does it say winner under that nomination but to be nominated means you were part of the top five at this time in 1974 you were part of the top five films of that year and like you know i love the shining but if i'm only going off the arguments one says it's the cinematic horror film and one says i was best picture nominated and the highest grossing R-rated film for almost two decades. 400 million um, in the 70s, boy. Yeah. Um, and, like, one of the things that, that, that like, um, I wanted to discredit as I, I, as I was saying it, but I can't argue, obviously, was that The Shining has been parodied and, and The Exorcist, yeah, because The Exorcist is, it ha- has been massively. They both yeah. have, but that's because of cult classics. Exactly. They they both have Simpsons episodes based on them. <laughs> but that this is what we're talking about. But yeah, uh, I'm actually going to go for the film I haven't seen. I'm gonna, uh, well, Exorcist is going to sit number one. Uh, it it devastates me, but uh, well done, Sam. My G, mm. my G. So yeah, hard I'd, fought, you know, hard I'd, I'd have lost The Shining happily as well. I'd have lost The Shining happily. If there was a film that The Shining could lose to, it would have to be The Exorcist, because it's the only one that is on the same footing and, well, within the genre, really. Yeah, definitely. I don't think there's any other two horrors that are as iconic. Um, Definitely none spring to mind. I kept thinking of it as Solo sometimes does his arguments where he'll put out a point and then I'll just say fact. 
So I was like, all right, well, th- these are the facts. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the literal facts. Yeah, and these are the speculations. And, like, obviously, there's a part of me that's looking for points for The Shining to win. Um, but that, yeah, when, when when I started to clock that one, one is backed by legitimate facts. When when they are so evenly tied as movies, you have to find the tiebreaker points where you can, really. You do, yeah. Definitely. You do. Um, so that's the list. Um, I shall go through it one last time for the listeners at home. At number five, we have Paranormal Activity. At number four, we have The Ritual. At number three, we have Insidious 2. At number two, we have Ghostbusters. And at number one, we have the controversial Exorcist. So that's the show, folks. Thanks for listening. Thank you um, for listening. S- stay yeah. safe in this really strange time we're living in. Yeah. And Don't do what Jack Torrance did. That's. I think yeah. if there's a takeaway from this. <laughs> yeah, definitely. All work and no play is a bad recipe. Yeah. Definitely.